We're gonna give Daddy the Rain Man suite. You dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're gonna be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! Good sports world. Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist, welcoming you to our weekly NFL Las Vegas Quick Picks episode where myself and the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, pick every single NFL game against the spread, talking about week six of the NFL season, all the Sunday night games, as well as Sunday night and Monday night football, sitting here with my co-host slash father, the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer and jumping Right into the 1 o'clock games of the week, we've got the Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. Line opened up, Vikings by 11. Now it stands at Vikings by 10. Mr. Allen Doe, what do you got in this game to the Vikings cover? Well, unless you believe in Josh Rosen, you got to go with Minnesota, I think. They've got two of the top receivers. Cousins is number two passing yards. He's completed at least 30 passes in four straight games, which is an NFL record. Arizona is woeful. Hold on that. They're last in total offense. David Johnson is struggling, and they have the second worst D in the league. Uh, they couldn't get off last. Even though Arizona won last week, they couldn't get off the field. San Francisco ran 92 plays. Um, I say Minnesota 28-13, even though I'm a Josh Rosen guy. Okay, so a fairly low score now, and I, I hear you with that. I mean, But even if you're a Josh Rosen believer, it doesn't mean that the Cardinals are going to cover in, in this game. I, I think the Vikings – Easily cover it, but easily by I mean about two touchdowns. I don't think this is going to gain. This is going to be a game that's an absolute blowout or a rout. But the Vikings have already had this happen. Have a lowly NFL team come into their stadium in Minnesota and upset them like the Bills did a few weeks back. We all remember that game, biggest upset in NFL history against the spread in decades. However, I think the Vikings have learned from that. And I think, like you said, Kirk Cousins and that offense, especially the passing game, is just way too explosive. How about Dalvin Cook today as of Thursday? ruled as a full participant in practice. I believe that's the first time all year so far he's gotten that designation. So maybe Dalvin Cook gets the running game going again. I think Rosen plays okay, but just not enough volume and explosiveness in that offense to keep up. So I'm going to say Vikings 30, Cardinals 17, Vikings cover the spread. Los Angeles Chargers at the Cleveland Browns and what I think could be one of the most competitive games. This is one of two games that started the week as a pick And now the line has moved to the Chargers being favored by one point on the road. Mr. Allendale, you, yeah. you, you gave Baker Mayfield all the love in our podcast earlier this week. Well, what do you got in this game? Well, I'm a Phillip Rivers guy, but it's look at thing, this. Man. Cleveland's two losses were on the road, and they were close 21-18 at New Orleans and 45-42 in overtime against Oakland. Baker Mayfield provides that spark. They got a good run game with Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and Duke Johnson. Yeah, Phillip Rivers is hot, 13 TD passes, two interceptions. I expect a lot more interceptions will come. They have a good run game with Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen's a top-notch receiver. But I, I got to believe Cleveland's on – there's something happening in Cleveland. Cleveland! Angels are talking up there, and I got Cleveland 24-21. <laughs> okay, so very close to what I got here. I got the Browns 24-22, to Mr. Allendale, looking at my notes like you always do every week. Get but away from how me, about, How shit. about Baker Mayfield? I, I think he's getting better each and every week with more experience under his belt. I think Rivers is going to struggle a little bit against a very underrated Browns defense. The Browns – if you take away that game two weeks ago where they gave up 45 points in overtime to the Raiders, 
I think the Browns defense is one of the top five in the league against both the pass and the run. So I think this might be a big Melvin Gordon game for the Chargers in terms of what they do on offense. But I think both defenses are pretty solid. And I think this is a little bit – you could see a shootout potential with these two quarterbacks, but I think the defenses keep things in check. So that's why I'm going with a fairly low-scoring game. Um, the Chargers by one point. It's basically still a pick em, right? The Chargers have to win by more than one point if you pick them to win. But I'm going I'm going with the Browns. I agree with you. And do we see another overtime game in this one is the question. Angels in the end zone for the Browns. I like that one. Angels in the end zone. It sounds like a pod, a Browns podcast well, name right there. The they move from the outfield to the Browns end zone. Okay. There, there you go, man. So how about another young quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, albeit a second-year quarterback, Truth Bisky at the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be a hot one down there in South Florida, man. Three hours south of where we are, and we're in southwest Florida, but Bears open the week as one-point favorites. Now the Bears three-and-a-half-point favorites coming off the bye. The Bears. Maybe, many oh, people said the were. Bears didn't want to go on their bye so early in the season, especially coming off that six-touchdown game by Trubisky against the Bucks. What are your thoughts on this well, one? Well, my main thought is Ryan Tannehill is starting to look like Ryan Tannehill, which right. isn't good for the Dolphins. <laughs> I was going to say, is that good or bad? That's uh, bad. You're making me look uh, bad, Trubisky, man. Trubisky, uh, he's got eight TD passes, but the problem with him is six of them came against the Bucks. Point well he's taken. He's got three interceptions. Chicago's won three straight. Their only loss was a one-pointer to Green Bay. They could easily be 4-0. and yeah. And, and we know what Miami did last week, blowing out 17-point lead against Cincinnati. So I, I like Chicago 17-13. Okay, so lo- very low-scoring affair for you in this one. I, I got a low-scoring game also. My, my, my score has both teams under 40 points. Yours has them at 30 points. So bet the under on that one, I, I, I think definitely. But looking at overall, you know, Chicago getting, getting the points throughout the week, the over-under is 41.5, so it's still low. It actually opened up at 44. I'd still take the under on this one, but I got Miami 20, Bears 19. I think the Bears coming off the bye, they're missing some of that momentum that they gained against the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that was a home game. And I don't think they do this against the Dolphins defense that's been pretty darn good this year. They gave Tom Brady fits with their secondary, intercepted him a few times. They really held Andy Dalton in check uh, last week up until the fourth quarter where, where some crazy things happened on Cincinnati's defensive end. So I think the Bears team a little bit overrated. I, I think a little bit too much um, negativity going on in Miami. Remember, they did start the season 3-0, and and I don't think they're just a, a doormat type of opponent for a team on the road like this. I think these are two teams that are going to struggle to find their identity throughout the season. I like Miami to win in a close one here at home. That, that, that's what gives me the edge for the Dolphins. How about the Carolina Panthers, who had the 60-plus yard yeah. game-winning field goal last week, going on the road to play a Redskins team that was absolutely embarrassed on Monday Night Football, letting Drew Brees get the record w- without any type of effort, it seemed like. Okay, Washington, a really surprising one to me. They they opened up as one-point favorites, and they're still one-point favorites. Why do you think Washington's favorite in this game? Well, what do you, what do you see happening? This I, I don't see that. Uh, I mean, they're in the NFC East, first of all. maybe 7-9 uh, might win that, win that division. I thought I said 9-7. and seven. Maybe it'll be 7-9. and nine. Carolina's yeah, got the number one rushing offense in the league, Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton are the two top rushers. They're averaging 26 points per game, which isn't bad. It's 12th highest in the league. And they're only allowing uh, – they're 13th in allowing points. 
Alex Smith, Mr. September, is now in October. Word. He's got four TDs and two interceptions. The four TDs are the lowest for a quarterback who has started every game all year. In my opinion, and Carolina that Carolina's throwing a little caveat, has one of the best special teams in the NFL. I like Carolina 21-17. I, I like Carolina 26-21 in this one for a lot of the reasons you just said. And I, I think when you, when you look at the standings overall, I think the Panthers are one of the more underrated teams in the NFC. I think they're going to make a push and, and really challenge the Saints for, for first place in the NFC South division. Uh, Redskins still first in their division after that, like I said, a very embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football. I, I just don't see it with the Redskins. I mean, they've had both their running backs were banged up in that game. I think they're still going to play and, and be healthy by the time this game comes around, but I, I just don't see it happening for a team like the Redskins who have only put up 83 points in, in four games this year. When you look at the Panthers in four games, they put up 104 and have only allowed 91, which is about what the Redskins have done or a little bit more than that. So I, I just think better offense and better defense for Carolina. I, I don't see the home field advantage making much of a difference in this one. And so I think that I think the Panthers are going to beat the spread in this game. How about the Indianapolis Colts? Andrew Luck, they've had a long time since that Thursday night game last yeah. week against New England to get ready for this one. Uh, at the Jets, the Jets' big home win last week. One of my locks was picking Broncos on the road against the Jets, but hey, on, sometimes please. traveling across country on a short week uh, could hurt a team, and I think that's why the Jets were favored. Hey, they pulled it out. All credit to them. Denver's in, in a mess right now, speaking of that game last week. Crowell, 200-plus yards, career game for him. But I don't know. I think th I think things come back to earth. I think Indianapolis is a little un Indianapolis is a little underrated. Jets are a little overrated, overinflated after last week's game. Jets favored by three to open the week. Now favored by two and a half. I like Indy outright, 31-27. What's wow. that? Mean? You forgot about to mention Robbie Anderson. Yeah, That's the Colts haven't had any big plays. Uh, Indy is last in running plays of 20-plus yards. I like the Jets winning another one, a close one, 17-13. Gotham crazy. City takes oh, over. Okay. Batman's going to be flying in for the game, so that should help. He's high, man. He's hallucinating, smoking that shit. He's high. Sam, Sam Darnold, man. I mean, he had, he had the touchdowns last week, but he's still throwing for about – 200 yards or less in every game. I just don't see the explosiveness out of this offense to, to keep pace with the Colts. Andrew Luck's going to be slinging it oh, around, and I, and I give you that. He's, he's struggled with that without his deep threat, T.Y. Hilton, his number one receiver who's missed the last few weeks. Hilton's not going to be playing this week, but he's found the tight end love with Eric Ebron, especially as of late. Eric Ebron with that huge game against the Pats last week. I think the Colts are just a better football team, and I think they bounce back with the extra days off the rest. A lot of people call that – kind of a, a, a semi-bye week, having the Thursday night game and then not playing until the following Sunday with about 10 days between. All right, so moving on to one of the biggest games in terms of division rivalries. Big game for myself as a Cincinnati Bungles yeah, fan. I think Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bungles. Mr. Allendale, in the last podcast, last NFL podcast this week, we do our Rants and Rays podcast every Wednesday you said doomsday is coming yeah. for Bengals fans. I say Cincinnati's right going to break your heart again, and I'll have to pick up the pieces. And we talking about shoes? I don't want to talk about all that. <laughs> I mean, they're they're number four in scoring. Come they're, on, man. They're averaging 30.6 points per game last week, but they won last week on defense. Here's some stats that might make you cringe that happened yesterday, but right, Cincinnati is 1-7 home Versus Pittsburgh in the Dalton Green area era, excuse me. No! And Marvin Marvin Lewis probably no surprise is five and eighteen versus Mike Tomlin. God ben damn! Big Ben is fourteen and two versus Cincinnati. So all oh, those stats God. call for a 
a bad game, but, but you don't know. Cincinnati ranks 23rd in run D, which I don't know is good. James Conner, he's starting to look pretty good. Maybe they're going to forget about Le'Veon Bell. But which Cincinnati is fourth in points per game, 30.6. Dalton is 12-7 and seven against Pittsburgh. Not great. No, no, uh, de- definitely not. You got any more stats to make me, all, make, make me sad over here? You got tears pass, running down my face right now. Passing yards per game, 321. And their fifth in point score, 28.6. I think it'll be a shootout, and I like Pittsburgh 34-30. All right, so you want me to tell Jamal to stop seeing Jamie? Well, I can do that, but he'll just tell me, hey, man. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's that's definitely a shootout right there. And and, and this game, in a game that's been low-scoring a lot in the past, this has usually been a defensive battle. The over-under's high. It's 52.5 points, so it looks like you're you're picking the over in that one based off your score, but – Overall, you're right. These are two beatable defenses, right? I mean, people have been tearing both these defenses apart as of late. Cincinnati's at home. I think that gives them maybe a boost in the first half. It's all about Dalton maintaining his, his turnover rate down, keeping his turnovers down in, in this one, you know, not making the dumb plays, not forcing the throws. It sucks to not have Tyler Eifert for the year. We'll see if C.J. Uzuma steps up in that role. He only had a few targets last week in their win over the Dolphins. And, and look, I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and Bengals are, I'm not going to say their records indicate how good these teams are. You know, the Bengals are 4-1, and, and and I'll take that as a Bengals fan through five games of the season, but wouldn't be surprised to see, Steel, wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers waltz in the Paul Brown Stadium and completely blow out the Bengals. I think it's been actually seven straight wins for the Steelers over the Bengals, six of those in the regular season, one of those in the playoffs. It's been bad. I'm going to take the Steelers – uh, to be to win this Whoa. to win this in a close one, man. But look, you can't take my advice because I'm bi- I'm biased. I'm already if you pre- if you prepare to have your heart broken, can your heart really be broken, Mr. Allendale? Because I'm well, not ex- I'm del- not expecting a win, so I'm keeping my expectations extremely low for this game here. I just you're, hope you're we can win again. You're seeing angels in the Bengals end zone, but there aren't going to be any there. Okay, so maybe some of those angels can come over from Cleveland and, and help the Bengals out in the end zone this week. We still got A.J. Green. We still got Joe Mixon. We got the best yeah. running back on the field. At least at least that gives us something. And I just hope Burfick actually plays a good game for four quarters and doesn't get involved in stupid penalties. It's real interesting, though, is that Cincinnati opened the week favored by three, and they're favored by two now. That's another game I just don't understand the spread. I, I don't see why Pittsburgh's not favored in this one. Vegas might be making some money off the betters' hands in this game. That's for sure. How do you play, right. man? Uh, the next team, your lowly beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mr. Allendale, former Bucks beat writer at the Atlanta Falcons, famous Jameis. Well, Jameis Winston deal. making his first start of the season, baby. Jameis Winston is, is back, and I say, so what? Yo, broke the Bucks' defense is, hasn't been back in, since I can remember. They're allowing 34.8 points per game, most in the NFL. They're allowing, allowing quarterbacks to complete over 77% of their passes. Bad. Cocaine is a hell of a and drug. Next to last in y- total yards allowed. Okay, Lasting well, yards yeah. per play at seven. In other words, their defense is horrible. Is horrible. Jameis Winston, what's he going to do? What about the Falcons' defense? They're, they're just well, as okay, bad. Let me say, uh, the Falcons have lost. Most seven. points allowed in the NFL, Atlanta Falcons, 163 points. I know they've played one more game in the Bucks, but these are two bad defenses here on the but field. I think Atlanta's going to – they've lost two close games. They could easily be three and one. But, see, I like crazy-ass people. Because crazy-ass people gives me a chance to show my gift. I think they're going to be hungry. This is do or die for them. They can't go to one 
In five, they're home. Uh, I, I like Atlanta, 41-28. Okay. So James yeah. will throw a couple of picks. I like Atlanta, 34-24 to 24 in this one for a lot of the same reasons you said. I think James picks up. Talking about fantasy, I think, like I said earlier this week, he was my number one deep sleeper waiver wire ad in, in players owning less than 25% of fantasy leagues. And I, I think he's going to rack up the passing yardage, especially in the second half when the Bucks are trailing. I don't think they'd have the explosiveness to keep up. That's a word I've used a few times in, in this in this podcast so far with our picks, but I don't think they have enough to keep up with the Falcons. No matter how bad the Falcons defense has been so far this year, I mean, yeah, maybe Deshaun Jackson gets loose. I think Mike Evans, he's been having a good year. I think he continues that, but maybe this is the game we see Ronald Jones emerge out of the backfield. That that could be an X factor for them in this one. Well, they need something to keep the ball out of Atlanta's hand. And and also the Bucs secondary is banged up really bad. Yeah, same with with the Falcons. This this is going to be – I think most people are betting the over on this game. This is one of the highest over-unders on the schedule for this week. I think when you look at everything overall, 57.5 points on the over-under. I'm just picking them to cover that on the over – all right, so let's move on to one of our last two 1 o'clock games for Sunday. Seattle Seahawks face the Oakland Raiders at Wembley Stadium in London. This game, Tough. London, we were talking about earlier, we are talking about 1 p.m. Eastern start time. That's going to be 6 p.m. London time when this game kicks off. Does the traveling affect either team? Well, Mr. Allendale, Seahawks well, favored by two and a half in yeah, this Yeah, I mean, this comes down to maybe who's going to travel better. They're both traveling across the continent. And then across the Atlantic, it's a 10-hour flight. Uh, Oakland's leaving Thursday night. Uh, they, well, they will have left Thursday night by the time you hear this. And, uh, and Seattle left on Wednesday. Uh John Gruden said he suffers from vertigo. He might be feeling upside down, but he might get more sick at watching his team play against Seattle. Uh, <laughs> if watching Derek you know, Carr throw those end zone picks, uh, that's for sure. Uh, last week, Chris for Seattle, Chris Carson and Mike Davis combined combined for 184 yards. Well, I, this isn't this isn't the year for Oakland. I, I think John Gruden eventually is going to do good, but I don't think it's going to happen this season, and I don't think it's going to happen in London. Uh, they may have to carry uh, Gruden back home on a special plane. What's that? He'll be throwing up from watching the game, and his vertigo might take him on a spin around the world. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> hey, maybe if he sees upside down, he'll coach better, especially with that offense so I, I, that they've been playing. I, I'll say it'll be close, but every game for Oakland is close, except they lose them all. So what's your I'm, final I like score? Seattle. 24-20. 24-20. Okay. I mean, that's that's almost the same as I got, Mr. Allendale. Great minds think alike, father and son here. Seattle 26, Oakland 20 for me. Seattle covers the spread. It, it's going to be interesting to see if Derek Carr and Amari Cooper are back next year for the Oakland Raiders with the way they've both struggled. And maybe John Gruden gives up this offseason and completely overhauls that entire offense. He's already, be, he's already been overhauling the defense, obviously letting Khalil Mack go. So, these might not be the guys we see, you know, in those feature type of offensive roles next season. Let's move on to our last one o'clock game. Buffalo Bills at the Houston Texans. A huge spread in this one. Houston favored by 10. Second biggest spread of the week. It's been the same. A low over under in this one. One of the lowest of the week. 41 points. Mr. Allendale, what do you got? Well, this game? I've already called the Red Cross and told them to be on alert because Deshaun Watson, uh, Houston quarterback, he's suffered 18 sacks. 53 hits, some of, some of the most vicious that I've seen in the many years I've been watching. He's got sore ribs. And on top of it all, the Bills are a bad football team, but they're number one in sacks with 22. 
I just hope Deshaun Watson can get out of this game alive. But I think they'll win. And why will they win? Josh Allen, to me, is going to be the biggest bust in the last decade. He's got two TDs and five interceptions, which is the worst among starting QBs in the league. I mean, their defense is good. Give them credit. They yeah. won two out of their last three. They forced eight turnovers. I like Houston 24-13. Yeah, he's, he's got to watch out with, with those uh, with those goal line collisions, that's for sure. He had quite a few of them in, in the Sunday night game in week five against Dallas. But maybe he learns from that. He, he escaped with some minor scratches and bruises, especially that chest bruise that kept them limited in practice this week. But, look, I, I think Deshaun Watson's one of the better quarterbacks in the league in terms of being an explosive passer and a runner. But – I don't know. This Buffalo Bills defense, like you said, they've won two out of the last three games with absolutely no no good play at quarterback for them. So just despite how, how bad Josh Allen might be right now, the, the defense is keeping them in games, and I, and I think they're going to keep them within this spread. This is a game that I just wouldn't want to touch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Houston wins by 10, and, and, and it's a push, but wouldn't be surprised to see a tilt either way, uh, you know, in, in either direction in that one. And we only got three 4 o'clock games on, on the docket for week six. Los Angeles Rams at the Denver Broncos. Mile High Stadium. Rams favored by seven points in this game. I got the Rams covering the spread. I think they had their close call in a division game against Seattle last week. Another game on the road. I know Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks, they're, they're both coming back from the concussions they suffered last week. Even if both sit or even with one of them sits, I think they're going to be okay. Lean on Gurley because Broncos – you saw the Broncos' run defense get gashed by Isaiah Crowell last week with the Jets. We gave I think the Rams the just pound game. the ground with Todd Gurley and just rack up the yards, milk the clock, have no problem covering the spread in this one. I got Los Angeles 31, Denver 21. We might be seeing a quarterback change sooner than well, later. Well, we might be seeing a head coaching change. Uh, the that, the yeah, word out it. is that John Elway's got the hook. He may yep. be making his move after this game. I mean, yep. Dem Denver's lost three straight games, which they gave up uh, almost 30 points a game. For those three, uh, they're struggling right now. The, the number three rush per game. Uh, L.A., as we know, is just a, a juggernaut. I don't know if you heard me and They're in the top three in points, yards per game. Well, but again, we might see a coach and change. Denver, number 26 in total D. Third in rush D. So your boy is going to have a big game. I like the Rams winning big, 34-13. Playoffs? Right, so moving on to Jacksonville at Dallas. Jaguars favored by three Right now, lined open, Jags favored by one. Okay, so Jags by three in the lowest over-under of the week, 40.5 points in this one. I expect it to be low scoring as well. Blake Bortles is really struggling without Leonard Fournette in the backfield, and Fournette's going to be missing the foreseeable future up until week 10 or later, it seems like, mm -hmm. right now with that hamstring injury. You have your uvulus muscle that connects to the upper dorsum. Give me the Cowboys at home to upset in this one. The Cowboys play tough. Their defense played tough against Deshaun Watson on Sunday Night Football. I think that facing a lesser offense, so to speak, in Jacksonville, I think the defense pulls it out. Dak Prescott gets on track. Just feed the beast. Give the ball to Zeke Elliott as many times as you can. Give me my lowest scoring game of the week. Dallas 19, Jacksonville 16. What say you? Well, Dallas is 2-0 at home. And 0-3 on the road, and they're home for this one. They've had trouble against dual-threat quarterbacks. I don't know what you call Blake Bortles. Is he a dual-threat or, dual, dual or is he a no-threat? <laughs> well, uh, pick six is one of his threats. You know, Jacksonville's biggest problem, even though they're 3-2, and two, give them credit, they're minus seven in turnover margin. They've, have, they've lost five fumbles, and Bortles has thrown seven interceptions. Well, that's how good their defense is. I like Jacksonville winning this game. It'll be the first loss at home for Dallas. Jerry Jones might have to buy a new stadium up, but I'll take Jacksonville 24-17. That's, that's, that's a high scoring. This, I wouldn't be surprised to see this is type of a yeah. – you've got all these shootouts, but 
I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those nine to six games in this one. That, that's just how kind of impotent both of these offenses have been so far no, this year, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you can say that about Bortles for damn sure, and, and Prescott for that matter. Even though Prescott, at least he doesn't turn over the ball as much as Bortles. I'll give him that one. Baltimore Ravens, last four o'clock game of the day. Baltimore Ravens at the Tennessee Titans. You talk about the Jags defense only allowing 86 points this year. That's tied for teams that have played five games that haven't had a bye yet. Least points allowed. A tie between the Titans and Jaguars, both sitting atop the AFC South. They've only allowed 86 points on the season. Tennessee hosting the Ravens. This was a pick to start the week. Now Baltimore is favored by two and a half points on the road. The Ravens, to me, have been a team that's just been up and down all year. I mean, look, they're three, they're three and two. Look at their look at their schedule. Win in week one, loss in week two. They won back to back three and four. Then they lost against the Browns. All of their games have been close, though. They only lost to the Browns by three points. That Browns defense really made Joe Flacco struggle. I think the Ravens, just with their up and down nature, bounce back in this one. I think John Brown gets loose, and Joe Flacco, when he's able to throw the ball deep. It gives him more confidence and opens up the middle of the field for him. I like Javorius Allen in this game to, to get more involved. They've been using him more. They have their starting running back, Alex Collins. I, I like the balance there between those two backs, and I think the Ravens have enough to pull this one out, cover the spread. Fairly low-scoring game for me. I got Ravens 20, Titans 17. What about well, you? Well, yeah, Baltimore's allowing only 15.4 points per game, which is number one in the league, and Tennessee is number three, allowing 17.2 points per game. So this is going to be a, absolutely a low-scoring game. Both are coming off disappointing losses. Matt Marcus Mariota, he's all over the place. I mean, his stats aren't very good. Baltimore lost 12-9 at Cleveland in overtime. Titans lost 13-12 at Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to take Baltimore. This could go either way, this game uh, at Tennessee, but I'll take Baltimore 17-13. All right, so covering the spread for you as well. Sunday night football, Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Maybe two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. AFC darlings, the new kid on the block, Patrick Mahomes, rolling with Mahomes, five-game winning streak, undefeated Chiefs. Going into Gillette Stadium and the Patriots, they're 3-0 and at home. So even though they're 3-2, and they have not lost at home yet. Both those losses coming on the road this year. Kansas City, man, 175 points scored this season. Just ahead of the Rams, who have 173 points. Point differential, plus 46 this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. So their defense has been giving up a lot of big plays. I think this game is going to follow the script and kind of the narrative of being a shootout. I think maybe the Patriots, they try to take away his deep threat in Tyreek Hill, but I think he's able to find his other targets in this game. I think a big game for Kareem Hunt in this one. I think the Chiefs and the Patriots running backs all get going. Give me the Chiefs to keep things rolling. 34-30, to Andy Reid outcoaches Bill Belichick, and the Chiefs get a huge win on the road. What you got in this well, one? Well, you know, it's funny. Mahomes was six years old when Brady won his first Super Bowl. Wow. Brady is going Younger for it. An interesting stat here, Kansas City, we know their defense has, has struggled. They're last in the NFL in yard, allowing yards per carry at 5.8 yards. And you got Sony Michelle running the ball, James White carrying the ball. Yep. Uh, and here's an interesting stat. But Alex Smith isn't with Kansas City, but they started 5-0 and last year and finished 10-6. and Key for Kansas City, they've outscored opponents 59-9 and in the first quarter, and that's – what they want to do is get ahead. That's what Belichick doesn't want. Uh, so, so what you got, man? Something's got to get. I'm going to take Belichick, 31-27, New England. All right, and don't forget, the Chiefs started slow last week in Monday Night Football against the Broncos, and they were able to overcome that and still win. So they might not have to rely on the big first quarter, but it certainly would help in, in this game. 
All right, Monday Night Football, we got San Francisco 49ers at the Green Bay Packers. Maybe a game you circled on the Monday Night Football schedule in the preseason with Garoppolo playing at Green Bay, but not happening anymore. We got C.J. Beathard manning the signal caller duties for the San Francisco 49ers. I just don't think they have enough to keep pace with Aaron Rodgers. Does Mike McCarthy finally get rid of his stubbornness and feed Aaron Jones the ball to give some balance in that Green Bay offense? That is going to be yet to be seen. Only time will tell for that for that one right there with the Packers. I think the Packers, regardless, have enough. You know, they, they fell down early last week to the Detroit Lions, 24-0, which kind of forced that pass, pass first, pass second, pass third mentality for them. I think they keep things a little more balanced this week. I think their defense is a little underrated as well. They take advantage of a limited San Francisco offense that's most likely going to be without Matt Breda, their most explosive play caller this season, uh, their, their most explosive playmaker on offense this year. I like Green Bay to just do just enough to cover the spread. Packers 31, 49ers 20. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, San Francisco, uh, C.J. Beathard, as we know, is a quarterback now. He's four TDs, four interceptions, uh, and he's lost three fumbles in three games, which isn't good. Uh, San Francisco, here, an interesting stat, San Francisco is 11th in, in yards allowed, but they're 29th in points allowed, averaging, allowing 29.2. Should be a good day for Aaron Rodgers, even though they said his knee is getting uh, getting worse. I hated to hear that. San Francisco had five turnovers last week, even though they outgained Arizona, but that always happens when you turn the ball over. I think it's going to be a big game for the Packers. What about up to uh, They're home move. Monday night. This is going to be rocking up there. So I like Green Bay 28-13. That's going to wrap it up here for our NFL Las Vegas Quick Picks episode. You're listening to the Family Feud Sports Podcast where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, yeah. debate the week's hottest sports news. He is former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather. The only thing I want to leave you with, if you got nothing to do on Sunday, get on a plane, head up to Cleveland and check out those angels because Philip Rivers will be looking at him. Okay, all right, we'll see what happens in that one. You heard it here first from the godfather himself. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. You can find me on Twitter at M-A-D-D journalist. That's Mad Journalist with two Ds. You can find Mr. Allendale at Adel Sports on Twitter. Hit us up there anytime. You can check out our podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps as well as the Apple Store and the Google Play Music Store as well. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Nevertheless, I still write like a mad journalist in the heart of the funk abyss. Who is this? As you call them, they call you when they need some Trees for the blunt, to cheese for the front I found a way to get peace of mind for years And left the hell alone, turn a deaf ear to the cellular phone Send me a letter or better, we can see each other in real life Just so you can feel me like a steel knife At least so you can see the white of their eyes Bright with surprise once they finish spitting lies Associates, is your boys, your girls, bitches, niggas, homies Close, but really don't know me Mom, dad, comrade, peeps, brothers, sisters, duns, dunnies Some come around when they need some money Others make us laugh like the Sunday funnies Fan be around whether you pay the bummy You can either ignore this advice or take it from me Be too nice, some people take you for a dummy So nowadays he ain't so friendly Actually they wouldn't even made a worthy enemy Read the signs, no feeding the baboons Seeing as how they got your back bleeding from the stab wounds Y'all know the dance, they smile in your face Y'all know the glance, try to put them on, they blow the chance Never let your so-called mans know your plan a show of hands is a term some people use loosely. I'm real choosy on what I choose to let crew see. You telling me I 
try to act broke Jealousy the number one killer among black folk Fellas be under some type of spell like crack smoke Ghetto Cinderella's leading right to your stack low Just another way a chick will lead to your end I checked the dictionary for the meaning of friends and said Person one likes to socialize with, sympathize and help her And that's about the size of it Most of the time these attributes is one-sided To most of the crime they have to shoot you through your eyelid And they can't hide it Going wild like a wild bitch Sometimes you need to cut niggas off like a light switch And when things get quiet Catch him like a thief in the night, what a right I first met Mr. Fantastic at an arms deal Don't let it get drastic, think of how your moms will feel When they get for real, still get the sparking Everything darkin', it ain't no talking For something so cheap and so it buys a lot of trouble They better off focusing and trying to plot the bubble Or else it'd be a sad note to end on The guns we got is some come in the form of codependence. A lot of times only end up being co-defendants. Ten bucks say they tell for a lower sentence. They leave you up under the jail begging for repentance. It don't make no sense. What happened to the loyalty? Honor amongst crooks, trust amongst royalty. I'd rather go out in a blaze than give them the glory. A similar story before lovers. We need to have some type of overstanding. Just so when I let her get the man, thinks she know it's no strings. We could do the damn thing, but hoe it's no rings. Just how the tramp swings. Will she see him again? That depends on how good was the skins and could she memorize the lessons. It ain't no need to pretend. Even though she let him stab it, she know they just win.